0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Watching the Webhead. I'm your host, Delanell, and today, well, you, you've seen the title, I'm sure. You've looked at it and digested what it could mean, and you decided, hey, I, I want to know. I want to know how he feels. But in case you don't know the title, in case you're listening because you're blind and you literally cannot see, um, this is... Ranking my favorite spider man movies um and just like with the video games that I ranked, these are my favorites, right so these are not ranked by how good they actually are, which movie I think is the best It's more of which movie I enjoyed the most. when I watched that movie, I'm like yeah this is this is a good movie um It was th- this ranking was easier than the video game rankings. The video there are nine games that I ranked, and they they were pretty tough. The movies were a little easier, I think. Um, the top four, I want to say maybe the top four movies were were very easy, and then the next four were kind of like, eh, I don't care about them. Um, like, they were good, you know, they were fine, you know. I don't think I disliked any movie, just like with the games. I don't think I disliked any of the games. I don't think I disliked any of the movies, but the bottom four movies, they're almost very close to each other, so I kind of didn't really care. I just kind of threw them in there. Um, <clears throat> well, maybe that's a lie. Maybe the maybe the bottom two, seventh and 8th, are probably... They were probably easy to rank as well. Overall, this was a very easy list to rank. So, um, without further ado, let's get into the movies. I have the movies all next to me. Um, You know, but uh, I have them. I have it written down here. So, I'm going to just look at my Word document. And, okay, I have eight movies. We are ready to go. So, um... Did I lay down all the groundwork? These are my favorite movies. These are not based off of ratings or how good they did or box office or whatever. It's just how I enjoyed them. Um, and obviously, you guys can share your 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 favorites, uh, things of that nature. But in eighth place, might be no surprise if you've listened to the video game rankings. You might not be surprised. Eighth place is The Amazing Spider-Man Two. Where do I begin? (laughs) Now, people had a lot of problems with the Spider-Man 3 movie. Um, People used the meme of Peter dancing outside of the clothing store, whatever that was, and it's really awkward. Um, And that's all well and good. Obviously, there were other issues with the movie. Uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 did a lot of similar, like, had a lot of similar issues, but just it was just a, a worse experience, uh, in my opinion. I, you know, it, it, it was trying to tell five stories at once, right? It was trying to tell Peter's parents, it was trying to deal with uh, Electro, it was trying to deal with Harry and the Osborne situation, you know, it was trying to deal with the on and off with Gwen thing, it, it tried to just. Plug in a lot of things and none of it came together. The joke with the rhino, you know, that rhino cameo and how they lied. They basically lied to us in the previews because I think they knew the movie was so bad. If, If your previews for a movie are hyping up a fight that doesn't even happen, you have a problem. You see what I was saying? Like, you have a problem here. And I think that infuriated me most about the movie like I sat through everything and it was like wow that that was corny and then like at the end it was like this little somewhat emotional scene with the boy in the spider-man suit even though um a lot of problems here number one the mom how do you let that happen uh and then number two no one tries to go out to save the kid they just oh the kid's out there I guess fend for himself good luck kid Like, no one really thought to try to help... Whatever. It's fine. Uh, There was just a lot of problems with the ending. The the whole movie... And like I said, I didn't dislike any of the movies. But if there's only one movie I I could maybe dislike, it would be this one. It just was not doing it for me. Um, And I think part of it, too, was the ending. The way that it ended was just... Was not fair. They had no business doing that. And, um, you know... What was looking like the best action sequence of the entire movie didn't even happen, and that's a shame. That's a real shame. Uh, but you know, that was the Amazing Spider-Man two. Seventh place, the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh my! Just like the video games, the worst two video games in my rankings were the Amazing Spider-Man games. Um, I just did not like the Amazing Spider-Man era. I just. Did not like it at all. It was my least favorite time to be a fan. The movies were disappointing. The games were disappointing. I just I could not do it. So, the Amazing Spider-Man. It's up in seventh place because I did like Connors, and I did like the lizard as a character. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the design of the lizard was not menacing. At least as menacing as the lizard that we're used to seeing, like, in the comics and the the TV shows that portrayed him. Um, This lizard just did not, you know... He wasn't that scary. But I did enjoy the movie. I thought it was a a solid movie, you know. Um, They did some good things. And they did some bad things. I think one of the scenes that really, like, was, like, why? Like, it, it made... A lot of it didn't make any sense. Uh, The basketball scene where he's like trolling Flash. He does this crazy dunk. And like instead of everyone like, how did he do that? He gets detention or suspended or whatever it was. What? And then like they made it like he was a bully to Flash. He, He trolled them in the court. How does that deserve... At least that's what Uncle Ben was like harping about. Like, did you make did you make that boy cry? What are you doing? And it's like, what? Like you're do we, I don't know. They they really acted like Peter did this evil thing to Flash. Meanwhile, dozens of people witnessed this dude fly in the air, basically, to do a slam dunk. But all we're focused on is the so like the it's just it was weird scenes like that in the movie that just were not really adding up. And it just, just... We're not adding up. A lot of things were wrong about it. Um, I watched the video... Of this guy critiquing that, that scene. And how it was like... That bull crap of a scene... Is essentially what led... Ben to get shot. You know, Uncle Ben to get shot. Because he had to leave work... To go deal with Peter's thing. And because of that... Peter had to go pick up Aunt May. Which he didn't do. Then they had to fight he leaves, Uncle Ben goes after him, and then the whole, so, the whole thing, right, it just kind of exploded because of a dumb scene that didn't make any sense, and, uh <laughs> but yeah, there were a lot of issues with the movie, Um I, you know, I enjoyed it, I, unlike the second movie, I thought it was fine, how they played the parents, and like a kind of 3rd plotish type of thing, you know? They kept everything focused with the lizard. I think another scene that I had a problem with, too, like when Peter snuck into Oscorp and stole the guy's badge and the guy got kicked out and everything. I just... You know, he didn't, get, he didn't have his powers yet. It's not like he could have snuck in a vent or something, but I don't know. That just doesn't seem like Peter's character to, to let someone get screwed up. Like, he... And the amazing Spider-Man both of the movies, he kinda comes across as a dick, uh, Peter. And it just, you know, it, it that was a turn-off. Uh, a moody, gothy type, punk type dick. And just I don't know. Uh so I just was not necessarily a fan of that that portrayal of uh Spidey. So, <laughs> you know, what can you do? Uh, sixth place. Next, we have Spider-Man 3. So we're getting into the Sam Raimi movies here. Um, We got Mark Webb out of the way. Spider-Man 3 was my least favorite of the Sam Raimi trilogy. I still liked it. I think I like it more than most people do. Um, I don't think it was as bad as people make it out to be. I did enjoy it, Um, but I got annoyed with some things. I did get annoyed with the Venom thing. The Venom, I wish Venom was in the movie. I liked uh Sandman. I liked that whole arc. Um, you know, he was very different from the comics because in the comics he's usually portrayed as a, a criminal dude who's kind of an idiot, right? In this movie, they did a great job of making him really, you know, humanized and like you can sympathize with him, like you can you can feel for him why he's doing what he's doing and he he's an kind of an unwilling type of guy you know unwilling villain type just i'm trying to survive man that's I, my daughter and all of this so i i appreciated that and i the way he turned into sand man that scene was was great uh i was watching the movie last year or earlier this year that sand scene still holds up like the graphics and everything it still holds up pretty well um I did like Spidey and dealing with the black suit. I did like that. I thought it was a cop-out when uh, Harry got amnesia and just conveniently forgot everything. Um, But the biggest problem, and I'm sure those of you that hated this part, you're waiting for me to say it. My biggest problem with the movie was the butler. Uh, I don't know why he waited to tell Harry then and there. uh, Oh yeah, by the way, uh, your dad Kind of killed himself. (laughs) Like, you know, clearly. Clearly Harry's been talking to you about this thing. For movies now, right? All this time has passed since the death in the first movie. And you you cleaned his wound. You, the butler, cleaned his wound. The first time you heard Harry say, I'm going to get him. You really should have been, uh, if I may, sir... Uh I'm just going to give you the information you do what you want with it but uh, Mr. Osborne was killed by his own hand. And and even then I just did the butler know that he was the green goblin like he just, he's cleaning the wound and he's able to just kind of get to the conclusion that oh the green goblin's glider crushed him and killed him. Because he knew, I don't remember. I don't remember him knowing that he was the goblin. I don't think anyone knew, right? I, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I don't. Did anyone know? Because when when Peter dropped off, you know, uh, dead dad. He, I'm pretty sure because, right? Because when when Goblin was dying, he was like, "Don't tell Harry." Like Harry didn't know. No one knew. It's like. So how how would the butler know to just be like, oh, yeah. The, the whole thing just didn't add up, you know? It just didn't add up. So I, I did not appreciate that. I was so mad. I was just so, like, so much crap could have been avoided if you had opened your mouth sooner. Because clearly, as soon as Harry heard that, he was like, oh. Well, I'm going to go help Pete then. That's my buddy. Like, it, it was no problem. And if you told him from the jump, there definitely wouldn't have been a problem. But they had to do the Avenge Me thing, which was a nice scene in the uh, Spider Man 2. You know, that they, they had to have Harry become the goblin. I guess that's what they wanted. But then they had to make Harry turn around. So they had to basically recon, you know, retcon what they did. I don't know. It's just, yeah, you know. <clears throat> yeah. And yeah, I didn't like how he. Uh, I appreciated what they were trying to do, but some of Peter's character when he was dealing with the black suit was just, I just didn't like him. Like, I just, it felt cringy. It was cringy, you know, the dancing was cringy. The dancing outside with the music and everything, I thought was like, oh, that's weird. I had a laugh. But the, uh, the musical number in the little bar or restaurant or whatever with Gwen, you know, trying to, um, get MJ's attention, that one made me cringe. That I thought was worse than what he did outside, you know. Uh my opinion. But uh yeah. So the movie was okay, you know. Obviously it's not in my top half of movies, but it was fine. You know, it was I you know, I, I, I did like I said, I enjoyed the Sandman arc and him with the black suit overall, I enjoyed it. Um you know, that's about it. <clears throat> hey, number five. Some people might... This is where the ranking might start getting like... What are you... What? How's this fifth? But in fifth place for me... uh Spider-Man Far From Home. Um... I don't know. I don't know. I felt like a lot of people liked that more than Homecoming. I did not. Uh... I think there were a few issues with the movie. I, one of the, a few things that I liked, I did like um Spidey's interaction with the uh AI uh, in his suit Once he was able to hijack the suit or whatever. I thought that the those, those scenes were cool. Um I thought there were like realistic shots of him as a character uh like when he finally got out of that warehouse or whatever. And he's like he's having to run across the field, and he can't web swing, so like he just has to run. You know that that's something we don't really see. Where like, you know, he's built to be in like New York City, right? Like these tall buildings, and he could swing around. But you know, those those were cool. Um, <clears throat> you know, but oh wait, that's the first. That's homecoming, isn't it? I think I got that mixed up with homecoming. I mean, he broke into the suit with Far From Home. Uh, am I getting this mixed up? <sighs> I know, messed up the recording. Great job, Dante. You want to just reset? Are you want? No, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Yeah, let's keep going. So, you know, I mean, the Mysterio thing, I think that was the most annoying part. I think the fact that Peter was so ready... And I get it, he's a kid. But the the fact that Peter was just so quick to basically be like, Here you can have these got these glasses that Tony Stark left me. You can go ahead, knock yourself out, take it. I just I just was not happy. Like I just like, why? <clears throat> why would you you just met this guy? And I mean I get it, you know. I guess in some ways he has Nick Fury's seal of approval, right? You know, he's working for Nick Fury. Nick Fury's a big deal. Iron Man worked with Nick Fury. He trusts Nick Fury. I guess I should trust Nick Fury too. And, you know, there's a lot of things that could be running through your mind. Um, but I think the movie kind of aggressively hammered it home. I also did not appreciate um, that one particular scene. The uh, It was basically like a sex gag scene where he comes out practically nude and the girl is there and then the the guy comes in and takes a picture of him and this whole thing uh, was it flash or was it someone i forget i don't think it was Flash. oh i don't remember and you know and it just i did not enjoy that um as well that that sucked i think um i think it was an accident I think it was a really forced accident how he found out about Mysterio's whole plan, anyway. Um, him and MJ. I thought that was a big, giant, whoop, wow, plot device thing. Like, it just, you know, if that happens 100 times, you know, where they meet up with the device, like, why would MJ think to just take the piece with her and all of this? So it? So, it's just a lot of different things that I, I had issues with, but. Um, and then what, what, what made me frustrated too was like, it was basically an Iron Man movie, right? Like freaking half of the movie was a tribute to Iron Man. And I, you know, I get it. They built like a mentorship type of thing. And obviously Tony, the big reason why Tony decided to risk everything you know, with the Infinity Saga and all of that was to get Peter back into the fold. You know, he looked at the picture of Peter and was like, yeah, I'm going to help them time travel. F it. You know, so like, I get it. There's obviously this bond. But this movie never allowed me to feel like it was a Spider-Man movie. It just felt like some guy using Tony Stark's stuff. And I mean, Homecoming was also with that as well. Um, so you know, I mean, but still, it just I don't know. I I, I was not impressed, and maybe because I think because you know, obviously, if you know a lot about Mysterio's past and story, you kind of already know in the movie, like, all right, he's not gonna be the good guy here, and I guess. I thought that was a, a cool... I, I don't know. Part of me says it was cool. Part of me says it was really excessive. Like, no reason to do it. But the bar set up where Peter finally gives him the glasses. Everyone is part of the simulation. You know, and Peter's spider sense. Oh, excuse me. Uh, tingle. Uh, the tingle thing. That was annoying as well. Um, Just call it the spidey sense. I don't see what the problem is. You didn't have to reinvent that. That's literally what makes him... So that's one of his most popular known attributes to Spider-Man. The Spidey Sense. After the web shooters, it's Spidey Sense. Or you could switch that. It's Spider-Sense and then the web shooters. Those are like the two iconic things about him. Why would you change the name of that to the Peter Tinkle or whatever? Just because Aunt May decided that's what she wanted to call it. I, I Listen... It, it, you know, I mean, good movie. It was fine. Jake, uh, uh what, what's his name? The last name Jake Rosenthal or something. Whatever it is, you know, he's he's always a, a good actor. He did he did fine as Mysterio, I thought. Um, but yeah, what are you gonna do? So okay, let's get out of here. Uh, <clears throat> next fourth place is spider man the original the o g whatever you want to call it the first one Sony started off with a bang for sure um you know when I first heard the movie was coming out, I did not care to see it like I didn't watch it um I didn't watch it now, you know around the time i was I was beginning to, like, get into Spider-Man. And after the movie came out, I I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll get into it. I ended up playing Ultimate Spider-Man. And I was was reading Ultimate Spider-Man comics. Like, the first ever thing that I read about Spider-Man was the Ultimate comics. Like, Ultimate Spider-Man. And he continues to be my favorite. I've read several other versions of Spidey. Um, He continues to be my favorite. So, you know. But um, I decided, you know, when when I saw Spider Man Two was coming out, I was like, okay, cool. I, you know what? I'll watch it. And then I realized, oh snap! I haven't watched the first. Let me watch the first one. So, the night before we were gonna go see it, I I put on the first Spider Man movie on demand, and I'm watching it. I fell asleep. Maybe ah, <sighs> maybe like halfway through, I fell asleep during Spider Man. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure Uncle Ben was dead. Oh, oh, it's tough to say when I—I I don't remember exactly when it happened. But I fell asleep during the first movie. It might have been around the time when Peter was sneaking back into the uh the apartment or house or whatever, and he's on the ceiling, and everyone's like, "Oh, I heard something." And, you know, he's on the ceiling and the blood drips to the ground and Osborne hears it. He's like, what? And then he looks, but Spidey leaves the ceiling or whatever and the whole thing. But it might have been around that time of the movie when I was drifting off. So I didn't watch the whole thing. <clears throat> so I ended up watching the sequel first and was lost in a few ways. Came home, watched the first movie. Then I was like, oh, so that's what happens. Uh, so there you go. So that's uh that's my introduction to how I watch Spider Man. I watched the trilogy out of order, um, but you know what? Spider Man, the first you know the first movie, very good movie. You know, Green Goblin, William Dafoe. William Dafoe is just absolutely. I mean, I can't think of a more fitting actor for a villain. I, I I can't I mean Alfred Molina comes to mind as Doc Ock. He he did a great job. But yeah, I I I mean that was the one thing that uh despite the tri- the you know Sam Raimi's trilogy, did a very good job of casting their villains except for Topher Grace. Um but you know, they did a really good job of casting, you know, Sandman was good, um, Doc Ock was good, and Green Goblin was good. And New Goblin. If you want to put in Harry, he was good, you know. Uh, so, you know, I mean, they had high-quality actors across the board for the franchise. You know, they, these these actors have either done a bunch of stuff or would do a bunch of stuff after the movies came out. But, those, you know, those were names that you... You know, they just... They all did a phenomenal job in their roles. Um, Yeah, no, you know, his battle with Green Goblin was great. I, I really enjoyed... And this is a very good comic book reference. I really enjoyed that they both essentially figured out each other's secret identities and, and just kind of that, that cat and mouse thing where they both don't know that the other one knows and they're kind of both trying to play coy and stuff and play dumb. It just... That, that was great. I thought that was great. It raised a lot of suspension uh, with the movie. You know... um I thought his relationship with MJ, you know, and and, and, and even just, like, <clears throat> the way that it progressed to, like, awkward, hey, neighbor, to, like, just will they, won't they, and, the, you know, and the whole nine, and I also enjoyed, I loved how he got his powers. I I thought that the way he got his powers was very... Very true to the comics. Um versus like how they did it in Amazing Spider Man. How they did an Amazing Spider Man was like Yeah, I wasn't a fan. But here very much, you know, we're on a you know high school trip. Spider lands on his finger, bites him Oh my goodness. I have to watch that scene again. There uh there looked to be an Asian actress in that scene, and I wonder if like Inadvertently, they put like a Cindy Moon in there because Cindy Moon doesn't show up until 2014 and you know as a character. But I could have sworn there was like an Asian actress there. Um, and that could be so funny if like Sony decided to retcon and say, Oh, that was Sony, I mean, that was Cindy, you know. And uh, but you know, sometimes like they retcon Peter Parker being in the Iron Man, what was the Iron Man 2? Or three, they retconned that little boy to be uh, Peter Parker at uh, the 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 science fair or whatever it was. So you know that they, they, you never know. You know they people change their minds and be like, oh yeah, that that was her. Good job, guys. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so um, you know, but the way he got his powers and the way that he you know kind of reacts to those powers, I thought was really good. And how it's you know like. The lunchroom scene which now some people had issue with it like all of these witnesses see that he has like web out of his hand he's walking off with the tray and clearly there's like the strand and everything and it's just like and then even like his fight with Flash in the hallway it's like wow this guy's moving you know like you're telling me no one no one put the pieces together like hey, that guy, ever since Peter's been acting weird, now we've seen this guy flying around and da-da-da-da. You know, so I thought that was pretty cool. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, Spider-Man was just a really good movie. I think, um, you know, it's obviously not my favorite of the trilogy. I mean, you kind of already can figure that out by process of elimination. But it was definitely a great start um, for, for Sony's movie work. With the character. And, um, you know, so I I just thought it was a great job. So let's review uh, before we talk about the top three. So, eighth place was The Amazing Spider Man 2, seventh was The Amazing Spider Man, sixth was Spider Man 3, fifth was Far From Home, fourth was Spider Man, Uh, just the original came out uh and so the top the last three movies left in no particular order uh into the spider verse spider-man 2 and spider-man homecoming those are my top three favorite movies and um so let's talk about uh the top three movies so in third place we have spider-man homecoming okay uh What can I say about this movie? First of all, Michael Keaton. Um, Second of all, Michael Keaton. Third of all, Michael Keaton. I absolutely loved his performance in this movie. It it really stole the show. And I'm going to tell you something. That scene where it's him and Peter. And I've already forgotten the girl's name. Uh but they're all in the car together going to prom or well excuse me homecoming my bad they're going to homecoming and just the tension and she's like completely oblivious to what's happening and and like peter peter knows who the guy is and he realizes the guy knows who he is and it's just because remember like he goes to pick up the girl, and then oh, this is my dad, and he's like, "Oh my god!" You know, so it's just this—the powerful tension, and Keaton is just delivering it. Just oh my, that—that's ah, it's like my favorite scene in the movie. It's—it's it, really up there. Um, so th- this was a nice little movie where. Little did we know it was kind of like a trend where Sony more so than Disney, I think Sony began a trend of yeah, we're not going over the origin story anymore you've you've seen it, we've talked about it we We don't need to hear about it again, so obviously, you know, homecoming he's already got his powers and they don't have a reference, Uncle Ben, or, you know, like it's barely like a, a nod off, like one liner reference him. And, you know, I mean, in some ways it's like, OK, cool. We don't have to deal with it because we just heard it. But if this is the only Spider-Man that you watch, you miss out. Right. You miss out on his origin story. You miss out on his relationship with Uncle Ben. And 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 these are the things that build Spider-Man. This is what made Spider-Man, Spider-Man. So it, I think that's probably what kept it from being first, to be honest. <clears throat> because, I mean, like I said, in one way, we've heard the story before. Twice in less than 20 years. We've heard it twice already, right? Uh, so we didn't really necessarily need, like, for the overall fan experience, we didn't need it. But like I said, if if this is the only thing you're watching, it's kind of like, Why is he Spider-Man? And then you see Iron Man show up and it's like, oh, well. I guess he's, like, it just was weird, you know. I thought thought their decision to have Tony Stark flirting heavily with, uh, you know, his aunt, I thought was a little weird. You're mentoring this guy and then you're hitting on his aunt. And, like, so I thought there were a couple of things. With that, that were a little weird. uh. But like I said, the Vulture, you know, Michael Keaton is just absolutely, probably the best thing about the movie. I mean, Tom Holland, this is <clears throat> his first solo outing as, you know, Spider-Man. We saw him in Captain America, the movie, even though it was really a Avengers movie, but that's fine. We'll call it Captain America movie. And, you know, he he did a good job. You know, I, I enjoyed his scenes. Um, I'm glad that he got some good fights in. You know, he beat Winter Soldier and Falcon. You know, he beat them single-handedly. He basically did, right? Like, he, you know, so um, that was cool, you know. And so this movie, he uh, he just, he's good. You know, Peter is good. And um, you can really get the, oh, Hannibal Burris is just, uh, he was funny as the gym teacher, too. He, yeah, Yeah, he, you know, he has small bits, but every time he was on screen, he just absolutely good for a laugh. Um, the Captain America thing, uh, was funny. Chris Evans is funny, you know, that that was the thing. Like, this movie was the first, I would say, the first comedy Spider Man movie, right? Where it's just really lighthearted really wacky zany type of tone um that i can't even think of a, another spider-man project that kind of fits that mold where it just just absolutely funny like it was just you know comedy and and they they did it you know far from home they did it as well but it just felt flatter than homecoming I thought homecoming did a, a really good job of of introducing all of the characters in a fun, zany way that they didn't feel, it still felt like they had personalities, but they didn't necessarily feel like they were one trick ponies in their humor. Like, the, because their personality shone through their humor, it made them unique characters, most of them, you know? So, I, I thought it was cool. I'm not a fan of Jay Smooth as an actor. Uh, you know, I mean, Kirby Enthusiasm was okay with him in it, but, you know, I just, eh. you know, but he was fine, you know, uh, and yeah, I mean, you know, the movie was just a really solid movie and Michael Keaton, and I think the story with, um, now, now I will say this movie caused a lot of issues within the MCU timeline. This is the first movie that made people wonder, like, wait, when did this happen? Because if this happened, how did this happen while that was going on? So, um, but I did enjoy the idea that this movie really dove into the ramifications of um, the Age of Ultron movie. I mean, the Civil War movie did too, but this had more of a home, everyday man type of impact right like Civil War we saw the impact from like the hero's perspective but now you see like this guy's life his livelihood was like you know messed up because of the things that happened and you know Tony Stark's influence and things like that and so you know now you know Adrian Toomes this guy is, is out for blood and you know again another villain that you could sympathize with like you know and I said Willem Dafoe I mean Michael Keaton's up there too as as a great Spider-Man villain portrayal person actor guy uh so you know he's up there but yeah you know I mean he he just you you were you were almost rooting for him you know what I mean like you were just like ah man he's doing a really good job you know like he's I can see why he's feeling this way and He's not even threatening to hurt anyone. Like, right? Like, he's, it's not even like a, I'm going to take over the world or I'm going to whatever or whatever. He's basically trying to get a bunch of technology from Stark. That's like the only real thing that we see. Um, you know, the boat scene was okay. Uh, the, the, you know, the boat was splitting in half and it looked like Spider Man was trying to. We saw that throughout all the previews, right? And it kind of almost didn't really matter because he didn't save the day. Like, that would have been epic if he managed to somehow pull the boat together or something, right? Uh but, you know, Tony Stark had to come in. That that was one of my issues too. Like Tony Stark was really and I mean I get it it was it's like a mentorship, but it just felt it felt like another Tony Stark Type of movie, just it, it kind, you know, and there were vibes of like Tony is just there to help Peter do things, and I mean he has a smaller role in it. But when you look at like I'm looking at the Blu-ray cover now, you know, Tony is flying alongside of Peter, like that. Even the movie marketing implies like this guy. They're sidekicks and like they're working together in the movie. It's not, you know, it's not really that that deep. But Tony does show up in some cases, like yeah, what are you doing? So it's weird, um, you know. But I, I, I was, you know, again, it's obviously a top three favorite movie. It's definitely my favorite MCU movie that features Spider Man. Um, I mean, there's only two. But also the Avengers movies, you know, Infinity War and um, Endgame and, um, you know, Civil War. They all had him in there. And, you know, those movies were good. But uh, this is my favorite MCU project uh, with Spider-Man. For sure, for sure. Um, And look at the cover. Yeah, he, uh, you know, this was, this was good. It's just a very good movie. Um, Alright, so moving on to second place. Uh <clears throat> Now, I think when people rank the top two Spider-Man movies of all time, Spider-Man 2 and Into the Spider-Verse, I think is the vast majority of the top two movies that you would say. Like, which ones are the best, uh you know, ever of all time. And... I have to agree. I don't think any of these other movies come close to the greatness of Spider-Man 2 and Into the Spider-Verse. I think, you know, the vast majority of people say these are the two best movies, you know, the best Spider-Man movies of all time. At this point, you know, at this point in time, uh <clears throat> with that said, I did have to make the I did have to make a decision with which one I liked more. Um, so for second place, I have Into the Spider-Verse. And earlier I said that this was an easy list. And it was. But it was also hard at the same time. I'm not sure how to explain it. The top three was easy and hard. I I knew what my top three was going to be. I even knew what order it was going to be in. But it it just it took me... A while to get there um and look into the spider verse, when it comes to like rotten tomatoes and stuff like that it's the it's the absolute best ranked movie for Spidey of all time um so there's no question about that it 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 did a lot of unique things um that we hadn't seen in animation before. Uh, it gave us a new perspective of Spider-Man, you know. It gave us our first non-Peter Parker main character for Spider-Man, right? You know, we got this Miles Morales guy. You know, who's this guy? And uh, you know, so there, there were a lot of things that Sony really decided to take a risk on, and and you know, like, hey, let's let's do something radical with 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 Spidey. Um. <laughs> So what can I say about this movie? You know, I really love the art. I love, and, and this was part of like what Shattered Dimensions did. And and I when I talked about my video game rank, um, I talked about the connections between Shattered Dimensions and this movie. Um, and I'm going to probably reiterate some of them again, just because that's, you know, that's kind of, they go hand in hand a lot of ways. I thought they did a really great job with the art and showing the different characters from the different universes that they come from have their own art style. And, um, you know, it's it's like ripping pages out of a comic book and just pasting them. You know, like those ransom notes, right, where they like take clippings of newspaper letters and stuff. So you get this mixture of different fonts and styles and stuff. Imagine that as, as a bunch of movie characters going through an experience together. That's what, you know, Into the Spider-Verse was, if I had to explain it in such a way. Um, and I, I that just makes it a powerfully unique visual experience. Um, and I watched it in uh, 3D, you know, and I thought that it, it looked nice in 3D, but I've also watched it in 2D and it looks great in 2D. So, you know... <laughs> But uh, three D is overrated. You know, it's just it's a weird experience. Uh, but anyway, so you know, you have this movie that that took on Miles as a character, and again, the first ever Spider Man that I read was Ultimate Spider Man. You know, I, I started with Peter Parker, and I watched his story, and I read his story, and everything and, you know, it shifted to Miles, and they did a pretty good job of mimicking the comics um, in a lot of ways, Uh, because Miles kind of, sort of, has, like, two origins. He was in the Ultimate Universe, then the Ultimate Universe collided with the main universe, and then it kind of reset a lot of different things. So then Miles had different origins from his original origins. It, it's a weird. It was a weird storyline that uh, Marvel did, but um, you know, I, I felt like they had a nice blend of those two different uh, versions of Miles in a sense. And um, you know, I liked his relationship with Uncle Aaron. I thought that was good. Um, you know, his relationship with his parents was good. Um... I like how they had, they gave him the Spanglish. I like the Spanglish that they gave the characters, you know, between him and his mom and, and Miles talking to other people on the street. I like how they gave him enough, you know, a, a little bit of that background where, you know, he's he's part of the neighborhood. He's part of the community. You know, he, he's cool with different kids and stuff, you know. And um, so I thought that really brought out some of his character. Um. I did love uh oh who 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 uh, uh, the 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 uh, Gwen Gwen in the movie is great. Uh I did love the Peter Parker sequence where they had Peter fighting Kingpin and uh Goblin and, and everything and and he's doing that and he dies <clears throat> and so Miles, you know, has to take over. And um you know, I, it's never fun seeing Peter Parker die. I never want to see Peter die. But at least, you know, the way they carried it. I mean, they just, the movie was just so emotional. There were there were a few scenes where I just wanted to cry. Uh, Peter dying made me want to cry. Um, when uh, Miles is trapped inside of the, and uh, well, trapped. I don't know if that's the right word, but he's like wrapped up in the chair. And his dad comes by to talk to him and, and tell, you know, this powerful monologue. It's basically a monologue because, you know, but I, I mean, that was like, oh, whew, man, you know, I was like, wow, that was, whew. um When Uncle Aaron died, that was that, you know, that nearly, you know, I was like, whoa, whoa, you know, and I, I heard, um, I think it was from Wild and Web Snappers. Uh but I might have also heard it on YouTube where And Marsha, uh Marshalla Ali is uh um oh. I loved him and uh Luke Cage. And um oh I'm sorry I think it's Mahershala. Mahershala. But yeah, I loved him as Cottonmouth and uh, Luke Cage. absolutely oh <laughs> I fell in love with him as an actor after that performance, and when he did Uncle Aaron, apparently his voiceover was so good that the animators and and everybody they was like, oh no, we have to redo this. We have to change the animation because the way that he the way that he acted it out, the animation didn't do it enough justice. And I, I just, how many times do you hear about the performance being so? well that they actually have to go and change do you know how expensive the animation is to do and they was like oh we're just gonna have to change it there's no way we have to do this that was too great of a scene and i agree i mean he just you know him and, and uh and uh miles they just uh you know it's just heartbreaking heartbreaking I think Jake Johnson did a great job as Peter B. Parker, you know, Benjamin Parker. I thought he did a great job. He uh, obviously seems like he is the Tobey Maguire version of Peter Parker. Um, You know, so uh, when he did his little, here's my story, which I also enjoyed about the movie. When when each Spider-Man or Spider-Person showed up, they did like a really brief, all right, here we go. This is me. This is how I got bit or whatever and this is what I do and da, 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 da. and uh I thought that was a great bit. I thought that was a great bit. Um I mean, just, you know, <clears throat> the the story was just powerful and uh, you know, Miles trying to find himself and he has so many different powers that Or even better than, uh, you know, Peter Parker's in a lot of ways. You know, like, being able to camouflage himself. uh, The venom power that he has. You know, all of these different things make him, you know, I think, I feel like, especially when they portrayed him in the the video game, just seemed like a more powerful Spider-Man. But, you know, he's learning. and, And, you know, we don't see a lot of movies where basically the whole movie he's trying to figure it out. And I thought they they did that a lot better than, like, for example, Tom Holland and and Iron Man. You know, and and Tom Holland's trying to figure it out as Spider-Man. I thought they did a much better job of telling the story of this guy who's trying to, you know, get everything under control. And, you know, what are we doing here? And he makes his own costume. He, He really doesn't have a costume the whole movie, right? Like, he, you know, he just adapts his own costume and stuff. And just, he just, you know, Miles is such a relatable character too in a lot of ways. And especially for like minorities, you know, obviously they connect with him a little more. Um But, you know, just a relatable character that, you know, we, we don't see Peter as, as so, we haven't seen, from a movie perspective, we haven't seen Peter... He's saying, Peter, we haven't seen Spider-Man this young, right, like, Sam Raimi trilogy, he's in college most of the time, basically, Andrew Garfield, he graduates, you know, and and they're ready to go to college, uh, so, you know, and then obviously the, um, the current, you know, MCU one, you know, he's, he's a high schooler, um, you know, but but this this Miles is very is is younger than the MCU Peter, and you know so that that adds to a little bit of everything. I thought uh, Aunt May was was a just a pure badass in this movie. That sequence where all the Spider Men are fighting off Doc Ock and uh, you know Tombstone and um, was Prowler there? I think Prowler was there too. You know, they're, they're having this all-epic fight inside of Aunt May's house, and she's watching her stuff get destroyed, and she just snaps. I th- Did she bust up Tombstone? I think it was Tombstone. She just busted somebody up, get out of my house or whatever. I, mean, I was like, oh, snap. You know, she crazy. She, she running the lab with all the uh, Peter's stuff and everything and helping Miles and the rest of the team, you know, figure it out. I mean, you know, they made they empowered her so much more than any Aunt May that we've seen in the movies, you know. Um, I think the the second best Aunt May was uh, the Sam Raimi trilogy. She was a good Aunt May. Uh, Sally Field was good, too, with the amazing Spider-Man. You know, she was cool. Um, but this Aunt May, she definitely could hold her own. <laughs> you know what I mean? She definitely was like, no, no, we we not having this here. But also she seems like she's been known about the secret identity for a long time and is probably more um, She she she's more hardened with different experiences that Peter has gone through. So she you know, whereas these other versions of Aunt May, you know, they don't have much experience or they don't know their identity. And so it's like, oh my gosh. You Know, but she may have felt empowered helping Peter in a lot of ways that she basically was like an Alfred type of character with Batman. You know, where you know, Alfred, you know, you don't mess with Alfred, you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's the old butler, but he'll mess you up. <laughs> so, I think they kind of made her in that kind of role for Peter. Uh, so that was cool to see. Uh, you know, Doc Ock was great. Um, Catherine Hahn, you know, before. You know, uh, for WandaVision she she was in this movie. She did a phenomenal job as Doc Ock. Um, <clears throat> you know, so this is a great cast. You know, just a great cast, and I thought that everyone brought their character to life. You know, I thought Miles and Gwen, and you know, I I appreciated that they didn't go heavily into like a romantic relationship I think part of the sequel part of the plot is that they kind of start getting into that but I'm glad that the first movie kind of established them like Gwen Gwen's story has and I've read some of her comic you know Gwen's story has been she's kind of hardened herself after losing you know Peter and her universe and and not willing to open up per se and it's just hard for her to so they spent that first movie having her open up to the idea of friendship and things like that. And that felt natural. It was a natural progression with, with that. Um, I love how, you know, Miles ended up teaching Peter the same things that Peter was teaching Miles in a lot of cases, you know, and, and how that, that dynamic went with each other. Um, you know, and the other Spider Man, Spider Man Noor. You know, Nick Cage, you know, he, he did a good job with that. I thought uh, Penny Parker, um, Penny Parker is the one with the robot thingy. She was cool. And uh, Spider-Ham was good, too. Spider-Ham was very good. His voice actor, I've watched his stand-up. He is pretty funny. Um, and uh, when I when I heard that he was in for the role... I, I I agreed with it from the jump. I thought he was gonna be a good job carrying out that character. I've I've heard Spider Ham a few times. He was in Shattered Dimensions and he was also um in uh Ultim- was it Ultimate Spider-Man? I think it was Ultimate Spider-Man. So I've heard you know this character be voiced before. And judging by how he was voiced before when they selected him to do that, the uh, who was it? I got his name. I'm sitting there talking about, uh, I think it was like John Mulaney. It might have been John Mulaney. I want to say John Mulaney. And, um, you know, he his voice, like that's how he actually talks. So he didn't do a whole lot of like flexing. But it was still like a, a great, like it just fit the character. That's the thing. Like whether they got a their voices or not, as long as it fits the character, it fits the character, and that's I think that's the most important thing when you have a good voice actor. Um, you know, when you hear that character, you, you want to believe that that character is saying that. Like the the, the animation and everything, it sounds like what what you see. Um, so. You know they they did an excellent job with it. I thought they did a phenomenal job with the casting. The story was great. The art was spectacular. I just loved just about everything about it. Um, I loved it. <laughs> it was a great movie. What can I say? I mean, it's my second favorite Spider-Man movie of all time. Um, which obviously that means that we have one movie left. That is Spider-Man Two. Um, man. You know, when Spider-Man came out, people were... There was a a divide, I want to say. A divide of fandom. The comics have always shown, for the most part, I mean, I haven't read every version of Peter Parker, but for the most part, when it comes to his webbing, It is mechanical. He has web shooters that he's built. He's created web fluid. And these were critical because it showcased the genius side of Peter Parker. right? So even though he could crawl walls and he had the spider sense and the strength and quickness and all these different things, that was like the physical. He also had the mental capacity to be able to enhance his power set as well. So it was a great combination and it showed all that he was capable of doing in so many different ways. When when Sony basically removed that in the Sam Raimi trilogy, there was a divide because it was like, this isn't true to his character. And I think nowadays, between the MCU especially, just the MCU in general, I think nowadays a lot of fans, a lot of comic book readers, they're not as uptight about if a character is true to the comics or not. Back in the early 2000s and the 90s and stuff, even the movies would come out very much like ripping blow from blow from the comic book in a lot of ways. Some differences, like Kingpin and the Daredevil movies, right? Ben Affleck and then Michael Clark Duncan, you know, like so instead of a white guy, it's this big black guy, but he fit he fit the role perfectly, like you know. So some minor tweaks here and there, but like for the most part, they have tried to stay true to character as much as they possibly could. Um, but with, with with Spidey, this was our first time, you know, movie setting with him doing this, and if, you know, some people were rubbed the wrong way, but you are not gonna please everyone. And so for me, and I've talked about this in previous episodes, for me, my only thing was, if you're gonna make the change, make it work. Don't make a change just to make a change. And in the first Spider-Man movie, it was like, all right, he's web shooting and, you know, okay. And the second movie, they decided to make it part of the plot. And I I thought that that was a great move. I, you know, when when you look at the movie, Peter is struggling with a lot of issues. There are a lot of things going on. His best friend basically hates him. You know, he can't keep a job. You know, Aunt May and everything. And all these different things are weighing him down, and eventually, he loses his powers. And he goes to the doctor and he sits down with the doctor. He talks to the doctor about how he's feeling. And the doctor's like, well, you know, sometimes when you're, you know, stressed out, you know, it's emotional. Physically, you might be fine, but, you know, emotionally and and mentally, it might be a blah, blah, blah. So, you know, while Peter is dealing with these issues, his powers are are basically going in and out. And he ultimately decides at some point, he's like, you know what? I'm just not going to be Spider-Man anymore. Maybe my powers are gone for a reason. Maybe that's my cue to just let this whole thing go and go back to being Peter Parker. <clears throat> you know? Um, so he kind of lets go of his relationship with MJ. He's ready to tell MJ we're done. You know, he he's doing better at school You know, like, things are looking up for him while he's Peter Parker. And, you know, and then obviously things take a turn and he has to deal with Doc Ock and all of that. But I just thought that incorporating the idea that his emotions are tied to his powers, I thought was neat. Because, you know, I mean, some, some, there are a lot of heroes that are, their powers are controlled by their emotions, or vice versa. So, I mean, like, the Hulk is a perfect example of how, um, you know... And that that first Hulk movie came out in, like, 2003. And then this Spider-Man sequel came out in 2004. So, you know, obviously, there you know, there was a theme going on here, but... They they decided to take Spider Man and, and bring his emotional thing and, and, and what made it easy to do it is because that's always been his story. Like you know, again I have to make reference to the comics, but when you look at his stories in the comics, it's always him just getting dumped on. Like he he just never really wins out in his personal life because of him being Spider Man. And he he just never wins out. He just, every time he, you know, every time something happens, he's just, it's just, he gets a short end every time. <clears throat> and so they decided to up that even more and say, okay, what if his powers were tied to all of this trauma and, and these different struggles and stuff? And I thought they did a good job with it. You know, that scene with Uncle Ben where he lets go, you know, I'm not Spider-Man anymore, that, you know, that, that hurt. Uh, some people found it more emotional than I did. You know, I, I I that sucked. But I don't think I was like, oh my god. You know, I, you know, I was fine. But you could see the symbolism of it all. Like, you know, he was ready to let all of this go. Um, you know, and I mean... Alfred Molina does a phenomenal job as Doc Ock. And now for those of you that don't know, Sam Raimi, he is uh his his the most popular work that he had before the Spider-Man movies was the um the uh Evil Dead movie. Uh yeah, the Evil Dead movies. Um or is it Ash? Yeah, yeah, the yeah Ash and Evil Dead and all of that; those movies. So he's he's like more of a horror type of thriller type of like that's been his work. So when he did that that scene where Doc Ock first wakes up and his arms go haywire and stuff and is killing off all of the doctors and nurses or whatever, that's some classic Sam Raimi work. Like that that's what he was like known for. Before doing those movies, so it was a really nice throwback, and it really gave you like this this terror of these mechanical arms and, and what they could do, and it set up you know Octavius really nicely, and um, I, I did love that he built a, a, a relationship with Peter before the accident, and how that 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 relationship helped Peter save the day. When you look at Again, in the comics. But when you look at it, Peter actually rarely wins a fight. Blow by blow against an opponent. Usually, the opponent like blows himself up. Or Peter's able to talk them down. Or a combination of the two. But rarely, when fist to fist, Peter actually wins. Something usually either... Disrupts the fight. Or whatever. And I really love how they really incorporated Peter and Spider-Man to save the day. And how it looked like, okay, Spider-Man was really struggling to defeat Doc Ock. But maybe Peter can talk to Otto Octavius. And... That that's that's always been Spider-Man's thing. Like whenever Spider-Man can, he tries to connect with you. He he rather would not fight you. He's capable more than capable, but he'd rather not. If he can try to get you to see where you're messing up and rehabilitate you or whatever it is, then that's his ultimate method. So I thought that that was a great job where he was able to use the words that Doc gave to him and throw it back, you know. Um, and he kind of missed it, but then that it. it sh- I love how, like, he doesn't quote it exactly, and then Doc Ock is like, oh, no, no, this is the actual quote. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, like, he, he's responding, he's registering, and he realizes that, you know, these arms are putting things in his head that he shouldn't be really listening to, to a certain extent. So I you know I thought that it just really it I mean into the Spider-Verse did it as well, but I think Spider-Man 2 did a great job of telling a story. What's beautiful about Spider-Man 2 and even into the Spider-Verse, these are movies about people first. Like these are character movies. And it just so happens a couple of these characters have these superpowers, but it's a very character-driven movie, very much so. And I just thought that that was like a really sensational idea for them to incorporate, um, you know. And I, I really enjoyed um, how they how they they went about doing that. And, uh, you know, I think that, um, you know, a lot of people say that Spider-Man 2 is like one of the best comic book movies, one of the best Spider-Man movies, but it's one of the best overall movies of all time. It's just a phenomenal movie where, and what makes it beautiful is even if you took away Spider-Man as a character and, and Doc Ock as a character, the movie could still work and still be great. It just has some extra fluff in it with the super powered stuff. But it's just a phenomenal. And I, I will say this too. I think that movie has for live action, because obviously animation could do a lot. For live action, I still think that they had the best action sequence with the train. The train fight was was really good. Um, you know, the, the the two of them battling, and then Doc Ock leaves. Peter stopping the train was was just you you get these chills watching him trying, and that's the thing. Like he he doesn't get it the first time. You know, like he, he's you know he has to figure it out. He's learning, and and he's smart and he's figuring it out. And he's able to stop the train. And another thing about the Sam Raimi trilogy, especially the first and the second movies, how much he brings New York into the fray. Like the first movie when he's holding the bus um, with the kids in it or whatever, and he's trying to make sure that doesn't fall. And then, you know, Goblin is trying to make him drop it and stuff. The New Yorkers on the bridge start throwing stuff at the Goblin, like, yo, he's trying to save these people, and you, like, what do you know? You're not messing with us. Like, I love how New York had, like, an identity, and they played a part in it, you know? And it's not just Spidey saving the day, but they save him. And just like with the train sequence, where, you know, he's almost ready to fall over after giving his all to stop the train, they pull him in. They look at him and it's like, yo, this, he's a dude. He's just a regular dude. Like, he could walk by the street. You wouldn't even think that it was. But that's always been Peter's thing. He's just a regular dude. He teet—he he has family struggles, financial struggles, work struggles, school. Like He's dealing with a lot of stuff that a lot of people deal with on a daily basis. And he lets that sit on the burner to protect other people that are dealing with the same thing. And and I love how they register who he is and what's going on. <clears throat> Spidey wakes up, realizes, oh, it's my mask. And like they give him back the mask, and they're like, "Nah, we good. We not telling anybody. You keep doing what you're doing, man. We 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 appreciate it. You you just saved our lives. We not." Like I, I love the humanity in that scene, and then when Doc Ock comes to try to get Peter, and they they stand in front, like, "No, you' gonna have to go through us." Like, no, and he, I love how Doc Ock immediately just throws him off, and and even after he throws him off, there's still people like we, no, we are gonna stand by our guy. This is our guy, <laughs> and Peter's like, "No, no, it's you know, it's fine, it just," and it's just. That connection. Like I said, it's a character-driven story, and everyone plays a part. It's just such a perfect story. It, really, it it just it's just such an uplifting story. It's just an uplifting movie. Everything about the movie just works. And I mean, obviously, nothing is is perfect as imperfect. But, I mean, there aren't many flaws with this movie. There just aren't. The Aunt May scenes are brilliant. You know, you, you would swear that Aunt May knows that uh, Peter's Spider-Man. The way she talked in that movie, you just, you felt like, um you know, he gave up being Spider-Man, blah, blah, blah. And the yard sale thing or whatever. And the neighbor was helping Aunt May with boxes and stuff. And she's just talking to Peter, like, you know, we haven't seen him lately. We haven't seen Spider Man. And, you know, but you got to do what you got to do. And, like, the way she, I just, I always believed that she knew. She just, I love how they did that. They always implied that she knew he was Spider Man. And in that movie, it, I swear she knows. She knows. And even, like, uh, the bank scene when they're fighting and Doc Ock takes, you know, out May or whatever. <clears throat> and he's about to stab Spidey. And she's like, oh, you cheating? How dare you? And just whacks him upside the head and, and saves Spidey inadvertently. But saves him. And, they're like, it's just so funny how, like, accurate that movie is to a, a good issue in the comics because so many times random New Yorkers and random things happen that help Spidey out in so many different ways and it's so much of a give and take type of thing and he just loves the city and he he, you know he he, he loses his way and, and I don't want to do this anymore and then he realizes nah I have to do this this is I have to do this I'm Spider-Man and you know even like at the end when he when he t- when he's talking to MJ you know he, he saved the day or whatever and they they're chilling on the big web he's like now you see why we can't cuz i got to i have to do this like you know like this is this is going to be tough and uh there there was a um a video on youtube that i had watched where the scene where uh he he um he goes to the dinner. He goes to the dinner to uh you know, what is it? Uh, uh J- 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 Jameson's son, the astronaut, right? He goes to the dinner and the video kind of describes how like this is the worst night in Peter Parker's life. And it really was, because what happens in that scene is, like, you know, he goes to the dinner. He already doesn't want to go to the dinner. Then he sees MJ there. Well, no, first he tries to get a drink, and, and a, um, <clears throat> yeah, he can't even get a drink. It took him, like, three tries to get a glass, and then the third time it was empty. So he couldn't, like, he was struggling to get a drink. He tried to win MJ back with some poetry. That didn't work, you know. Uh, then next thing you know, he sees that, uh, oh no, he, he has a running with Harry that ends with him being bitch slapped by Harry, you know, and then, uh, was it, or was it Pimp Pan? Yeah. So he's slapped by Harry, you know, uh, the astronaut, John, he proposes to MJ, they're getting married. Then he had, then he has to take a photo of it and like that whole scene was just just blow after blow after blow after blow and that is such a peter parker story that's what just like blows me away about that scene it's a peter parker story um that like that's that's what that's a good thing of what would happen in the comics no no kidding like they were not exaggerating it like that is stuff that happens to him in one issue it is crazy. I mean, it, it's it's just absolutely bonkers. So, um, those are my movies. My top, well, my favorite movies. Spider-Man 2 is the winner. It has been a classic. It will remain a classic. And I don't know what will top it. I really don't know. I mean, will No Way Home top it? I feel like it won't. You know, I don't even know if it'll be a top three. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to see. And uh, But you guys, let me know what you think. Uh, you know, what are your favorite Spider-Man movies? Um, how would you rank them? Um, yeah, it's just a little, you know. It's, I mean, the, well, what are your, some of your favorite moments in the movies? What are some of your least favorite moments? Uh, let me know about that. Um, and then also let me know which uh, era of Spider-Man you like the most: Sam Raimi with uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland. Um, you know the MCU movies. You know which which set of movies do you feel like you know were the best ones? Into the Spider Verse is its own separate thing. So, but out of the three live-action Spidey eras. You know, which which performances, which movies, or whatever. If you had to rank them, how would they... You know, like, for me, Amazing Spider-Man would be last. Those two movies, their last place. Second place would be the MCU Spider-Man movies. And the first place would be the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Um So, you know, like, you know, let me know how you would rank those movies like that. Um... And uh, I guess, you know, that that's about it. I just, you know, these are some good movies. Not all of them are great, but at least they are all decent. Uh, um, uh, so, yeah, share your thoughts and uh, let's get to this outro. This episode is long, but it was going to be long. Uh, the last episode for my favorites, obviously, is going to be TV show. Um, <clears throat> I want to do that. I'm gonna do that before Spidey and his amazing friends show up. Um, so I, you know, I'll hopefully do that, you know, June or July. You'll hear that come out. Um, and yeah, so TV shows are gonna be next. We did games, we did movies, we're gonna do shows. Um, and then after that, I eventually want to get into doing like ranking the voice actors, um, live action actors, um, you know, so I want to get into that as well, so, you know, but, uh, just let me know what you guys think, um, about my favorite movies, and what are your favorite movies, and all of that stuff, and I'll talk to you at another time, keep swinging, let's take, uh, let's take it to the outro. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode If you want more, make sure you follow my uh, podcast here on whatever platform you're listening to, I don't know where you're at really, Um, and you know check out my website, Delanel.com and follow me on Twitter I'll be tweeting Spider-Man stuff, and 76ers stuff, and other random stuff stuff, right? What is that web flute made out of anyway? Stuff? (laughs) Thanks for listening. Keep swinging.